0: You know, I I said in my last live queues that I didn't think the Phillies had much of a chance this World Series. It was the Astros, and they are clearly the better team, but hey, Phillies took game one. It's going to be a fun series, I think. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. We're going to just talk about the World Series today. Because it's the World Series, so parts Talk, we'll, we'll focus back on that next week. I just want to talk about the World Series. And actually, I'm going to talk about the playoffs first. Because the Phillies are, and no one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. I think there wasn't a series that I felt more confident in. <laughs> at any point that that team was going to beat the other team, what, then the Cardinals were just going to knock the Phillies out to start off the postseason. And then, yeah, of course Atlanta's going to knock out the Phillies. And then, well, the Padres, you know, they've got the home advantage. They've got all those you know superstars on that roster. They've been giant killers this postseason, man. Like, this is – I don't think anyone really saw this coming. And I don't think it's particularly good for baseball. I posted whatever the NLCS was clinched by the Padres, and it, it, it's like, okay, it's gonna be the Padres versus the Phillies, two eighty-something win teams in the League Championship Series. I, I posted the Twitter that that's a bad thing, and I got so many responses like, oh, especially from people who you know aren't in Pittsburgh and they're just searching. <laughs> For what's going on about the Padres and Phillies, you know, fans from those cities, like, oh, you cover the Pirates. If if the Pirates won eighty games and got into the playoffs, you wouldn't say anything. You know, you you'd be fine with it. But I I don't like the diluting of the MLB postseason. So as good as this run is for the Phillies, it's undeserved in my opinion, because of what they did over 162 games. You know the classic Beatles, is Ringo the greatest drummer in the world? Well, Ringo's not even the greatest drummer in the Beatles. We're in the World Series right now. Are the Philadelphia Phillies one of the two best teams in baseball? The Philadelphia Phillies weren't one of the two best teams in the NL East this year. And that's by a wide margin here. It was pretty inevitable that this new CBA, to get it done, this past winter, was going to have to include some form of expanded postseason. Because they just needed to find ways to create more money, and that was one of them. And to the players' credit, they they fought against what MLB really wanted, which was 14 teams. They said, no, we'll go from 10 to 12. Because we don't want you to just have all of these teams get in. Get in, like you have to actually earn your postseason spot. And if you look at what would have happened under MOBs, every team with a winning record would have made the postseason. That's bad. That's really bad. Why do you play 162 games if you're going to let a team that wins 82 or 83 just go in anyway? Earn it. Earn your keep to get to the postseason. And the Phillies didn't do that over 162. The Phillies got in more so because the Brewers just didn't get into high gear after the trade deadline. The Josh Hader trade spectacularly backfired on them. And boy oh boy do they look like a mess at the moment. If especially if Stearns goes to the Mets. I think I think we might have hit the tipping point almost for the for the Brewers being one of the big players in this division. I don't know if it's I I I, I might be forecasting the downfall here a little bit, but I'm starting to wonder if, if the next competitive Brewers team comes after, you know, the next competitive Pirates team, which one comes first here? I'm overstating it because the Brewers haven't been, you know, dismantled yet, but it's not looking like a good offseason for them. If they're losing Stearns, that Brewers team shouldn't have been in the postseason, though. They didn't earn it. Even though Major League Baseball wanted it because it could have been a couple more games. And yeah, those first couple games, oh my god, that's the. Be- those are the best days of baseball. But... <laughs> But it's, it's October. It shouldn't, the world series winner shouldn't be determined by who just gets hot at the right time. And that's what we've seen the last couple. Actually, I'm going to take that back. We haven't really seen, I mean, we we saw it with Atlanta last year, but Atlanta was in a down year and was clearly a playoff team and they had been for years. And Atlanta had established themselves, really, as like, hey, no, we're good. We're going to end it every year. You remember what we did in the 90s and 2000s? There we go. We're doing it again. year before that, the Dodgers. Dodgers obviously do Dodger things. 19 was probably the last, like, real freak World Series, which would be the, the Nationals. But even then, they were a consistent competitive team. Then 18 is the Red Sox; they're always in it. 17, the Astros. Uh. Point is, the teams that make it or win the World Series. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm, I'm flip flopping on the Atlanta here, on more of like what they had done in the year. Sandwich. It's the their World Series was sandwiched between years that they were they were clearly better Braves teams. In there, and they won a World Series in maybe their you know lesser years, but they also went for it at the trade deadline and they went big, and you know that I feel less bad about that now. Phillies really didn't do much of that. They didn't. I mean, Brandon Marsh is okay. They got a couple guys, but nothing like big. Phillies just were one of the. <laughs> they weren't one of the two best teams in their division. It's as simple as that. And here they are with the chance to be World Series champions with, what is it, 86, 87 wins? That doesn't sit right with me. Like the 06 Cardinals, whenever they won like 83 games in the World Series, that, that has bothered me for 16 years. I hate that. I hate that. You play 162 games to try to file out who is actually the best. I think the po- playoff you know, structure was at its absolute peak whenever it was three division winners and one wild card, That was the ultimate, if you were at a geographical disadvantage like how the Red Sox and Yankees, you know, in the same division, they're going to be killing each other every year. Okay, go fight for it. But we also saw the Blue Jays come out of there. We also saw the Rays come out of there. We also saw the Orioles win a division. It's it's fine. Good teams can come out of that playoff structure. And if your solution is, like Twitter brought up to me, oh, if the Pirates won eighty-five games and you're covering the playoff team because they're the sixth seed, that's not a solution for <laughs> for a competitive balance in baseball. First of all, I would bring up that the fifth and sixth seeds were the Padres and the Phillies, two, you know, luxury tax teams are damn near close to it in the in the latter case. But if your solution to add more competitive balance is we'll just expand the postseason field and maybe one of you teams can sneak in, you know, go through that way, that's not good. And it's even worse whenever the team that's doing that has the a high one hundred something million dollar payroll. I think the Dodgers got rooked. Nobody likes to hear that, and I don't particularly feel bad for the Dodgers, but I I think you can still acknowledge that they were one of the better teams that we have seen in the National League in quite some time. They beat the Padres six times in the regular season, but since they didn't do it a seventh, they didn't really get a postseason. (laughs) I, I... Nobody will ever want to hear, who who will speak for the Los Angeles Dodgers? Who will speak on their behalf? I will be the Lorax for them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you're going to play 162, make 162 count. And this is probably going to be a really fun World Series. And the Phillies showed on Friday night that they've got a real chance of winning it. I don't think it's it's really good for the sport, though, if you're going to keep diluting the playoffs, if those teams end up winning World Series. You play 162 for a reason. Make it count. We're going to take a break here. We'll be back here in a moment. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I am recording this episode Friday night at 12.45 in the morning. I am so sorry to David, our new multimedia guy, (laughs) and Eddie and just helping out. I'm, I'm sorry, but I wanted to see how game one wrapped up before I recorded this episode. So I'm sorry, guys. The beers are on me next time. But it shouldn't end at 12.45, should it? And I don't want to hear the extra inning excuse. It was one extra inning. These games are taking so long, and I have said it in article form. I have said it in passing and live cues and live files. And just bring on the pitch clock people are going to complain next year about it we might be breaking a baseball cardinal sin here and i i know i it may not always come across this way because i am an analytics guy i am a you know what's you know the best thing going forward for a club what's the best strategies going forward but i, I do consider myself a purist for the sport at heart And this is very untraditional. It's very, it's the one sport without a timer. Well, we're adding one now. But I think this is a case that we just need to save the game from itself. Games shouldn't take four and a half hours to play ten innings. They should be, you know, you're not going to grow the game that way. I mean, good for Major League Baseball to finally realize that they should be doing these games two weekends instead of having the games 3, 4, and 5 on the weekend. Like, okay, that's a definitive step in the right direction for the league. Maybe that's the one good thing out of this extra, you know, couple of playoff games that, you know, that actually works out well scheduling-wise. Okay, weekend games are good. That's going to help out. But... Kids aren't going to stay up to 12.45, even on a weekend. Not to watch all these pitching changes, not to watch the amount of sweat that some of these managers can go through to try to get this guy in, try to make this move, another mound visit, another. It's, we got to find a way to keep this game going. And I think the pitch clock is the first real point to that. Because we've had the, the committees and the rule implements rules implemented to try to speed this game along. To keep the game moving. But it's just been kicking dirt. It's been shaving a minute or two here. Shaving a minute or two there. This is what it's been building up to, I think. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Whenever I heard about the pitch clock at the beginning of the year and how it was probably coming this year, I was apprehensive. I was appreh- I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm not sure if this is you know, I'm a purist here. It, it, we're taking away the clock. We're adding a clock here. Not sure how <laughs> this is really gonna work out. And I had conversations with a couple people within the Pirates who've been following minor league games, including uh, pitching guru, Dewey Robinson, who had been, you know, he's been in baseball for decades. He's been coaching and an advisor, a coordinator, and he said, Alex, it's a game changer. And whenever he says that, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. I can say I'm a purist here, but this guy has lived and breathed baseball for years, years here. If he says it's okay, then who am I to go against it? And I go to those curve games this year, my goodness, it just flies. I don't think we're going to see two-hour and 12-minute games like we see in Altoona, but... I don't think we're going to see as many four-and-a-half-hour games. And that's really what it comes down to. Let's add a more uniform time. Let's play these games at a decent hour. Because what the Pirates do during the school months of, hey, the game is actually at 6.30, that's nice. But it's also the same length of game. You just get the kids home half an hour earlier which is good but <laughs> if you could find a way to make sure that the game actually will be over by you know by 9:30 or before then then that's even better the game's going to be done by 9:15 you're going to be home by 10 and asleep that's how you get kids into the game whenever they could actually stay up for the whole game whenever they could actually say in I, I I might be biased here, but I think the game will be can take care of itself if it saves itself from itself. We don't need to worry about, you know, oh, we have to make, you know, more viral videos. We need to make sure that it's more fun. the The best way Major League Baseball can grow as a sport is to make sure that it's, that it's accessible to the next generations and future generations, and it's watchable. Like accessible to play and accessible to watch. And there are some good initiatives to help make it more accessible. They could do a whole lot more. It's one of the more expensive sports to play. Especially if you do travel ball. Especially if you're trying to get the attention of scouts or or colleges. That does make it more difficult. But if you could do that, if you kept people playing it and you could get people watching it, the game will take care of itself. It's a beautiful game. People will figure it out. People will figure it out. And I think the pitch clock is the big step. It's what we've been waiting for, it's what we've been building towards. And look, there are going to be people who fight against it, and I get it. I get it. That's kind of why I want to just That's why I'm trying to be so unbelievably like, hey, do not fear the Reaper. It's it's fine. It's it's not going to change the you know game forever. Or in a negative way, change the game forever. If we can find a way to make these games more uniform in time and shorter in length so I'm not recording podcasts at 12.50 in the morning because I wanted to talk about Game 1 of the World Series and I probably should talk about actually literally Game 1 of the World Series here in this third segment which is going to come up after a break here in a minute but you know it's let's find a way to make that game end on Friday night that's what I'm saying Okay, we're going to talk about Game 1 here in the rest of the World Series, right at the moment. I cannot actually believe that the Phillies did win that game. Ramuto, man, I thought he saved it in the bottom of the ninth. That's almost caught stealing of Jose Altuve. That's one of the greatest throws we've seen from a catcher in a long time. And then he's like, okay, I'll just hover in the 10th. No good has come from the Astros with that short right field porch. Like it, the, the Crawford boxes is what everyone goes to. But, you know, Howie Kendrick in 2019, JT Ramuto in 2022. Like, There's something about that right field line that's just not working out for them. But yeah, they're down 5 nothing. They come storming back against Justin Verlander, who I... Justin Verlander is the playoff pitcher everyone says Clayton Kershaw is. I'll say it. Like, he is just not that good in the World Series. The fact that he's been on... How many pennant-winning teams is this now? I think this is the fifth World Series he's pitched in. He has not won a game what does that tell you yes I am citing pitcher wins here as an argument but I sometimes you gotta call you know a square square and that's one of them right there and he's not won a World Series game in five trips not even counting the one that he was hurt for so that's not a good look right there fact that the Phillies came back here Phillies are not the best team but I will give them this they are. The stupid team, and I mean that in a in an endearing way, that they are the the stupid. They aren't good, but they're too stupid to know that they're not that good, and they think they're great as a result. It's it's like the the, the Phillies and the unexpected virtue of ignorance. <laughs> How I learned to stop worrying and love and love the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies. Like it's it's. Whatever, you know, go for it. A couple guys get hot, go for it. But I also will say once again that I hate that it's just a couple guys who need to get hot to win a World Series and not who plays well over one sixty-two. I'm dreading the day the playoffs expand again. I think that's the day where I I just lose it. (laughs) I'm gonna lose it whenever that happens. But it's not gonna happen until the next CBA at the very earliest, so we got plenty of time. Uh Jay Krause was on here a couple weeks ago. He said Peña was going to win the World Series MVP. He almost got the game-winning hit on on Friday here. So, I, I I'll go with the Phillies to win this somehow. I'm, I've completely changed my vote here. Phillies in seven. Phillies in seven. Which means my original prediction of prediction of Astros in five is going to come to fruition. But I'll go with the Phillies here. We'll we, we'll probably have a little more World Series to talk about next week, so be sure to tune in next week here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Wherever you find fun podcasts, you'll find this one, too. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.